Welcome to episode 85 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I am joined by Johnsy and Brian. We are three artists, illustrators, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers, and each week we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Spotify, YouTube, Disney+, Plus, wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it, and we talk about it. This week we're talking about Andor, we're talking about The Witcher, we're talking about God of War, we're talking about Banshees of Inish Erin. We cover a lot of ground this week, but we do talk a lot about video games. Johnsy's a big video game head. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast. You can do that by heading over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe, rate and review, whatever you could do to help the industry would be great. Spread the word, tell a friend. On top of that, you can head over to Instagram, at The Endless Cast, where we put up artwork and clips to go with each episode. And that's a great place to send us a message if you like what we're watching, suggest something for us to watch, disagree with something we've said. It's a, it's a good place to engage with us. Or you can go old school and send us an email, theendlesscast at gmail.com. Again, suggest something for us to watch, offer a different opinion. It's a great way to do that. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. Well, I'm going I'm to start as I've started the last few weeks and just start giving out about, giving out, um, comedy update. Uh, we're starting to schedule the next show for Bag of Cats for November 25th. We're having a little um, back and forth with the, the venue. We're not going to go into that here. They're being lovely. We're just trying to solve a little scheduling issue. I've got Taryn O'Sullivan, uh, Stephen Bradley and Dave Coffey, Sean Begley, uh Elaine Rose. We have a bunch of cool comedy acts all lined up for the 25th. We just got to lock down the venue. Um, that's looking forward to that. And then I got asked to be a producer on an application for uh, a Seen and Heard show, which is a theatre show, um, which is cool. Um, I have to pretend I know how to produce theatre. Uh, that should be fine. You'd be a fucking natural in. <laughs> Just wear a cravat. Oh, yeah, I got to show up with a cape. Cane. It's like um, Abe in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. When he, did you did you watch that show at all? The what? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Neither of you? From the set? No, I've never even heard of it. It's not on my... It's, it's one of my uh, the Emmys and the Golden Globes and all of these things. Oh, right. It's got Tony Shalhoub. I'm not wrong here. No. That that is a big show from Amy Sherman Palladino, the creator of the Gilmore Girls. I'm uh, no, I'm very uh, I'm Matt Berry when it comes to musicals. Who? It's not a musical. It's a sort of loose adaptation of the life of Joan Rivers. <laughs> legitimate, illegitimate theater. <clears throat> um, I will be proved right by the listener base here. So that's fun. We're we're putting in an application ourselves to do a show at the Scene and Heard theater festival in february and then someone else we know was like hey aiden's doing good work with this bag of cats thing let's ask him to be the producer and i was like oh i feel, you get paid I feel for seen um, no there's no money in any of this right. it's just it's just Still. i think it's probably just but i think at the end of the day it's just going to boil down to like managing emails and making sure people show up to scheduled practices and things like that not a completely tankless work <laughs> Good for the CV, though. Except good for when for you win CV. awards. Yeah. It's good for the CV. Yeah, and when you win awards. That's it. But it's it means that, like... It means that, like, the last sort of six, seven months of, like, creeping into the comedy community is kind of paying off to the point that someone else in it is like, that guy's doing good stuff. Get him involved. Which is cool. 
How's your imposter syndrome going? Oh, it's still terrible, but but I'm not going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you said you creeped into <laughs> I infiltrated I've the successfully comedians. infiltrated. Yeah. <laughs> they think I'm one yeah, of them now. Yeah. There's one or two people that like see me, but I just try and avoid them. You're going to become famous for uh, Robin, uh, 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 what's his name's jokes? Uh, James Corden's jokes. Corden's yeah. jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's what you'll become famous for. You'll be accused of Robin James Corden jokes. <laughs> oh, man. That's... <laughs> It, they'll be so distilled by that point, though, they'll be practically new again. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, no one have heard his actual jokes, so they'll be fresh for everybody. Well, Corden was never a comedian, though, was he? He was like, he was an actor. Comedy actor. Actor, yeah. yeah. Comedy actor. Yeah. I've never seen anything he's ever done at all. I just saw him and said I don't like him. Mm. <laughs> Gavin and Stacy was the big thing for him, and then they made a couple of like Britcom things, and he, I think he uh, he uh, interjects and he infiltrates the comedian culture. <laughs> I mean, Stuart Lee has a video on YouTube there about how much uh, James Corden's gone around saying he's his favorite comedian, and how James Corden <laughs> fucking hates him. Or, uh, Stuart, Stuart Lee hates Corden. Hates him. Oh, <laughs> it's gotta hurt. Poor James. Don't go around telling people you like me. <laughs> it's funny that then he gets caught stealing Gervais' jokes because Lee was going off on Gervais, wasn't he? Uh, Lee goes off on everyone. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. yeah. He, did you hear his... Uh, um, it's very charismatic. Makes me like him. Yeah. The late, in his latest stand-up, though, he goes after... Um, what's his name? Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I saw that. Yeah, Dave Chappelle tried to... Tom under the bus for being late to a gig. <laughs> it's but, like uh, the the, the crux of the gag is that um, Stuart Lee was was support uh, supporting slot or something for a Dave Chappelle gig in okay. London, and he finished I think a few minutes early. He was saying out of respect to Dave Chappelle or something, and he said then uh, Dave Chappelle didn't show up for another two hours or something and when he came on he was late he actually claimed it was the previous comedian <laughs> I think is it, is it the bit as well as Stuart Lee says that he, he interjected from he started heckling from the, saying no it wasn't it wasn't me <laughs> yeah. but as far as I know it's, I, I assume it's a true story you know you just make it up would he he might <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't know but he tends to be yeah. it's just, it just tends to be based on reality doesn't it it is yeah yeah I mean a lot of it is and then I think you can usually tell when he's making something up then because he'll he'll kind of take it to an absurd point. Mm. Yeah. What was uh, Dave Chappelle's writer? It was like a chicken, chicken roast chicken on a on a on a, on a what's you call them on a? No one ever been rotisserie. Rotisserie, rotisserie chicken, mm. something like ten rotisserie chickens, and and everything has to be lit a certain way. Yeah, he changes the lights of the green room. Yeah, I think a part of the part of his bit about Chappelle was that he knew he was in the building because he could smell chicken cooking. <laughs> That's one of the ones that you has to be factual because otherwise it's. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, racist. Yeah, I think Chappelle yeah. would come, totally come out and just like, what the fuck? Yeah, you <laughs> no kickback. How dare you? It. It's a very good story. There's a, there's a yeah. there's a what going on? I guess like we I booked tickets to Mulaney. Bert Kreischer's playing January. Tom Segura's in April, I think. Uh, Kevin Bridges was the last two nights. Jim Gaffigan's in town. 
Bridges and Gaffigan were both in the international the last couple of days, like doing drop-in spots. Um, so that was, I was there for neither. Frustratingly, I just saw a photo the next day. I was like, motherfucker. Um, but like, it does seem there's a there's a, a lot of comedy around, and Taylor Tomlinson's April next year as well. Um, so there's like a lot of Netflix comedy. Yeah, but they're the ones that are getting huge push, I guess. But, I mean that that that's why there's more comedy around, like you know, be- between podcasts and streaming specials. Mm-hmm. There's just a kind of a wider um, awareness of, of of kind of comedians, all these yeah. people. That's yeah, because we never would have gotten this many high-profile shows, yeah, in a year, let alone that many in one year. And there's um, well, there's a thing with the post post pandemic. There's there's not enough venues for comedians. Probably where we're getting spillover from the states. Like, yeah, yeah. There's there's a there lot. Of supposed pressure. to be a big problem in the states is that there's not enough venues for the amount of acts, live acts, like music and comedy, like mm-hmm. that are trying to catch up. Yeah, and the the pandemic definitely like there's a lot of I hear from comedians as well that like they were sort of middling and then they put a special on Netflix when everybody had to stay home. So yeah, there's a captive audience kind of. Yeah. So people's profiles kind of like jumped a little bit or some people's profiles jumped a bit. Anyway, I saw uh, a Femester on Netflix. Like, and it's also the Netflix sort of like vertically integrated kind of model as well, where she's a comedian that had like one special and then they've pushed her and, She's got the second special, and she's in a Netflix series with Arnold Schwarzenegger that's coming next year. Like, there's sort of, <laughs> it's very odd, yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I, I'm actually you're reminding me. I'm 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 definitely canceling Netflix today. I have to. <laughs> it's I don't know what psychologically they do, but I I actually got a bill. I checked the bill the other day for the first time. I'm paying like twenty one euro a month for it. Me too. I I upped my yeah, I upped my quota when. When I moved back to this house, and my brother's like down at the end of the muse with his his missus, and there were four of us in here as well, and I was like, we all want to watch. I'm the only one using one though. I don't. I don't didn't, didn't give my password to anybody, and they're going to stop that anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they're well, we're the to... one household, you know. So I yeah, I was you like, can use it in the household. It. But yeah, I then found out my brother's wife has her own, and baby and <laughs> to Cork, and I'm like, I think I'm now paying for. Stuff I don't need. I got but a cancel Apple off TV. That started off seven ninety nine. That started off. You have Apple yep. TV. <laughs> I, I oh, yeah. subscribed to Apple TV to watch something for this podcast because it was on Apple TV. And then when I got on there, it was like, oh no, that's only on Apple TV in the US. And <laughs> then I'd paid for a month, so I'm like, all right, well, I'll watch some shit that's on here. And I haven't. And I just got an email notification telling me it's going from four ninety nine to six ninety nine or seven ninety nine. I'm like, oh, I'm canceling that motherfucker. I keep opening it and going seven ninety nine is how much Netflix my original contract was. Yeah, me too. And it's just mysteriously gone up to twenty one euros. And it's nothing. I don't. I never, never use it. I, I, I think sports. I use it for a while if there's something on it. But it's just so horrible. I hate Netflix. I've watched like Disney Channel Star Trek better, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's just for things, mm, things you've seen already. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I did put on that new Enola Holmes movie. It's about the same did as you? the last one. Yeah. There was it? Yeah, well, that's what she Sherlock Holmes' sister or something. Yeah. It's it's a bit of fun, and I am watching it going. 
kids. Does she fall over and flatten her face at any point in any of the films? I think, I think probably, but they definitely like. Give us a time code and I'll watch that bit. (laughs) Definitely like solidly jujitsu ninja. Um, You know, they might again offset that with one pratfall here or there, but. It also is like a nice vehicle for Henry Cavill as well. Like they're talking about a Henry home. Cavill's in it. Yeah, he plays See Sherlock. He, he Holmes? Plays Sherlock, yeah. And they're talking about a spin-off with him. Just as he Sherlock. Gets around, doesn't good, he? Yeah. And the tie-in with Netflix as well with The Witcher and it's a, again yeah. not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to make a big difference to The Witcher. I think they'll cancel it. I don't see it getting a fourth season. Well, if it's successful, it will. But I think Carol's a really shit character. Um, like, it just, he just mumbles <laughs> over here now. Well, I, like, you the, know, any the, actor could do that. That the monosyllabic "we don't know much about him" hero is like archetypal and can carry a show. Like, it, you can build that show around them. The yeah. show just needs to be. Good. What I'm saying is, know. he can be replaced by another actor, though. That's fair. He yeah. can for sure, but. Um, do with Doctor Who on it. Third, the, the, the third Hemsworth, you know, who's who's going to show up to watch. But it's been really successful, though, hasn't the show? Yeah, and and this drill dropped. It was initially, but the the second season wasn't well received. Mm. I didn't even like, watch the, the, the second the, season. The, the, the first season wasn't even well received, but it was massive with audiences. Of The Witcher. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but critics didn't really like it and critics at the time had only seen four episodes and kind of reviewed it none of them really liked it audiences really liked it they liked there, there was a fans of the game already mm-hmm. and then there was they they were happy with mm-hmm. um you know Cavill's Geralt and then there was people who you know didn't know any of it and just kind of tuned in and and liked it but no one really was happy about the second season and we did talk about this at the time as well that showing critics four episodes of that show wasn't entirely representative of it because it was doing something weird with the timelines that didn't really become clear until much later in the series i I don't like it because i just think the production design is really tedious it's it's hercules legendary journeys it's it's that level of stuff very tv in a world of game of thrones this is hercules And there's a clip of him like a year ago saying, you know, as long as they keep making, as long as they're good, I'll keep doing it. And there's an interview with him like three days before he announced he was leaving it, where he's like, you know, if you if you know you're on the right path, you should stick with it. If you know you're on the wrong, you need to get off and not just commit to something. Uh, I think him being offered him him uh, uh, doing the deal to come back as Superman, where you have a lot to do with it. I don't think so. I don't no. think so. I. No, I like I. He's he's a fucking. He's a fandom nerd, and he's he had disagreements. With I suspect pro- that though. I, I, I have, no, I, but he, I, he, he he he's had disagreements with like the producers about direction they were taking the character and oh, okay. lots of stuff. And the, Has the he been second season, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. And like the the second season, the second season massively departs from both the games and the books. Like it kills off okay. characters who were around for multiple books and things like that, right. and I think he's just kind of like getting off because I heard as well he kind of wanted to come on as a producer mm. or executive producer at least, and they were distinctly against it. And there's a guy who is I think he's the main writer on the X Men '97 reboot, 
uh, that was a writer on The Witcher, and he's now doing the X Men cartoon. And he's he was saying he was like, this isn't anecdotal or kind of like he said very publicly in an interview about a week ago that, yeah. that no one in the writers' room on The Witcher likes the games or the books. <laughs> they they actively dislike them, and yeah, Cavill being a fucking you know yeah they, they, nerd nerd in disguise that he is. I think I think it's more to do with. He's not happy with the direction they're taking stuff, and he's there while I'm out. Well, that's the thing with the games, isn't it? They're very uh, they're dated, kind of, a little bit, even when they were released. Uh, like sociologically, <laughs> every three women. and Well, that, and, that's yeah. why I never got into them. And before the series and before the like, Witcher 3 made it huge, I had seen like The Witcher and Witcher 2 or whatever the, the previous games were, and the, had sort of read articles about the books and stuff, and was like, it, I just don't think this is i think this was a little like retro retrograde eastern european literature that was a yeah. bit misogynist a bit whatever and i was like it's I cultural like i think it's, it's definitely a polish game yeah in terms of but like um which was three it was great though sure. you know it was yeah. It, it, yeah it was like spent many i bought all the expansions and this the quality of the writing and the side missions was like raised the bar superb you know? yeah just there was just issues I had with it, like the, the ob- obligatory sex scene and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. that just felt a little bit dated. Yeah, and and even as I'm talking about it, I'm going, well, everything I'm saying is true of the Bond franchise, and that grew and tries to grow. And then some. But, but, that, but that's <laughs> it. Like it, it's got this sort of antiquated kind of root source material, and as they move forward, they have to sort of try and tidy that up a little bit. So the, I'm sure the, the the, I always that. thought it would with the. Um, uh, Sam Mendes, James Bond, I had a, I had a big hope for that. Mm. The first one that he did, it was going to clean it up and, and, and modernize the Bond. But um, it, then I went to see it, and there was still the, the dodgy kind of sexual stuff in it. And it was just like, no, they haven't. It's like they're, it's, my, my theory on it is, even though that was a massive success, Sam Mendes refused to go back. Okay, And I have a feeling that that was because... He was probably fought. There was probably a lot of conflict in making that first one, and then it took. I think they waited for him for a couple of years to come back, and then the one he when he came back, that one wasn't great either. So I thought the second, like I was the second one. I thought, okay, he's gonna. Yeah, Spectre, I think it was. It was like, okay, this one, he's he's going to have free reign. The other one made a billion. They're going to let him do whatever he wants, and then it was just no. Not even a good director can fix Bond. For me, mm. personally. yeah, that's 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 the the nice that's the caveat on the end of that. I still enjoy Bond, yeah, um, but it did. Well, the Bourne, the Bourne, Bourne, the Bourne films killed it. <laughs> you know, yeah. he showed what a James yeah. Bond film should be. Yeah, which is a lovely, handy segue because it's Tony Gilroy was involved in those Andor. Bourne films, and he's yeah. the the he did the first one, didn't he? I think so. I know he's got the the yeah. Born Association anyway, and have you have you watched any of um, Andor yet, Brian? I started watching it, but I, I haven't got into it. I haven't given up mm-hmm. on it. Like, I haven't watched oh, it to the point where I'm like, "What do you find him wrong with?" I just uh, like the the week it came out. I had, was it two or three episodes came See, out. The day yeah, it came and out? two episodes. Uh, I think it was three. And like I I had them. It was uh, three, I yeah. It was the first and, like, I had them on. Right. And you know the the third one was finished, and I couldn't really tell you what happened. 
And again, again like I haven't really made a judgment about. Were you it. focusing on it? Were you doing something else while yeah, you were? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, like the when when I put them on first, I was like sitting directly in front of like it wasn't background stuff, and I just found myself not tuning in. And I tried watching it again. The same thing happened. But like I said, I, I haven't kind of watched and went. This is crap. I'm not. I'm giving up. Did on you this. get to the actual heist? I, no, that's episode no. six or something. You only no. got through episode three. Uh, I think that's episode three or four. But that's that's where like that's the it's, it's a slow slow boil up to that. But like fucking that 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 I was already liking it to a certain extent until the actual heist. I thought the heist as well was going to be at the end of the series. Mm. So it's kind of like going, ah, bollocks, this is going to be, you know, this lot of talking or whatever. But they, they get right into that, and it was just, I don't know, I, I was very engaged with it. And it just kind of did Star Wars. It does Star Wars really good. Mm. Really good. Like for grown-ups or something. That's it, yeah. I mean, I, I've kind of been trying to, I've been singing its praises on here the last few weeks as well. And you can go back a year ago when they announced these shows, and I was like, who the fuck wants more Andor? And yeah, like, that's the exact it, same. It is funny that, like, I do know that every time I react really negatively to something, <coughs> I end up going, it's fucking amazing. Um, but this The last trailer really got, got me. The last, the last yeah. trailer I thought was really good. Yeah, once we started seeing made footage. Me. Yeah. Um, I, I think in the first episode, when he shoots that uh, guard, I thought that was like, okay, that's a mission statement for the show. Yeah. This isn't your normal Star Wars, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's... it's 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 unmerciless, or it's it's sorry, unmerciless. It's merciless in the way that he deals with people. Like it it is that Han Solo shot first thing. It's it's okay. We can't revisit the Han Solo thing. People have been giving out about it forever, but fucking Cassian Andor is going to shoot first, and he's going to do it a lot. You know. Well, no, I think it's it's in terms of a uh, his arc. Mm-hmm. I think it's shown where he's coming from, and he's 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 a very uh, amoral, grey character. You know, which is to survive. You see how he, he gets. He he knows yeah. right and wrong, but he's. I'm going to survive. Yeah, but he doesn't give a shit about the rebellion. Uh, you know, and you, it's going to the whole point of the show over the two seasons is going to be what gets him on that island at the end of Rogue One. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, I'm looking forward to watching Rogue One again after. Uh, I hope they bring in more characters. They brought in Sal Guerrera. Uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker for it was like a cameo so far. Mm-hmm. I hope he comes back into it because he's supposed to be a really good character in Star Wars. Uh, the history, rebels or the yeah. I, I, like? Look, he he was invented for Rogue One, and then they started. No, he was he, he was in the animated shows. He was in Jedi Fallen Order, the EA game from a couple of years ago. And he was good because he was kind of like in Rogue One. He just seemed so hysterical and shouty, and they couldn't get into the character. But in Jedi Fallen Order, his character is it's more calm. I, I, I really like Forrest Whitaker. It's cool having Ghost Dog in uh, Star Wars. <laughs> but like, yeah, they've brought him in now so far for that scene um, with uh, the what's his name uh, Hemsworth? Is it? He's the Hemsworth. No, who's that? Is he? The actor who plays uh, the lead of the rebels, the, the guy that owns the shop, the the ornaments shop. The oh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that scene with him, which is it was a good scene. Yeah. Um, but I hope that's not the only time we see Saul Guerrero. Well, that that's what I'm liking about it as much as anything is like the action scenes are great and they've they've put the money into it and I love the production design of it, but the 
the the scenes the the two hundred like um uh Diego Luna talking to Andy Circus in the cells you know and and how that ties back to like Andy Circus is physically in something that I don't hate him in that's crazy <laughs> he's, he's come he's a long way hasn't he He's he's doing that angry angry London East East End accent, but a little subtler than he did before. Mm. It feels more like a real character. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to watch this stuff. It is actually really good, and it's, it's yeah. It's no, like, everyone I know that's talked about it. It's like uh, what I like is it's planting stuff in the story all the way through, and the, even the, the, when the cliff not there's not cliffhangers, but the last line of each episode is usually quite pronounced. Yeah. And you know, you go, ah, shit, it's over. <laughs> Look, when a show does that to me, I'm like, ah, box. You know what I mean? Never more than 12. Usually I'm, I'm, I'm tuning out 15 minutes before the end. So you haven't got that since last almost, or yeah. leftovers or something where when the toilet card flashes up at the end, you're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a rare instance of the fact, like, the week to week is holding me, you know? Um, yeah. I, compared to the others, though, compared even to the Man- Mandalorian, yeah. they just feel like, Look at this big ship. Look at this big planet. Look at this other space, this space alien. Whereas this just feels like a movie, and it's set, and it really feels like a movie compared to a TV show. But it's just it's set in the Star Wars universe, but you know it's not pushing it in your face all the time. Yeah, there's um, so when you have see a toy fighter come along, you're like toy fighter. <laughs> there's there's a moment in um, I guess like when I get to the end of a Mandalorian episode, it's like popcorn. It's like, hey, that was a nice half hour. You know, that was fun. Yeah. It's over. Let's look at some art on the end of it. Going, this is the, this is the, you know, the 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 exit from the 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 theme park ride that's still sort of like dressed like the ride you were just on, where it looks like Star Warsy and shit. Um, but this is like my heart's beating and tension is building, and I'm I'm on mm. board for episodes and and. That, that's the good thing about the heist episode was, it was so ambiguous whether they were going to pull it off or not. Yeah. They actually dragged me into it. And that, that never happens. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say whether it's success yeah. or not, but like, it was just... You, you could know, see it becoming... Like, I think I said it to you, I was actually, I was almost tempted to fast forward to the end of the episode mm. <laughs> just to check what happens yeah. and then go back and watch it. It could it could go either way, you know? Like, I, I could have watched that show in either direction, like, it working or not working, you know? No, I'm happy with it, and it's it's so sad that it's not it's 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 pretty much a flop by uh, Star Wars and Disney Plus standards, allegedly. It's strange. They just got they're not getting the numbers they thought they'd get. Well, I don't know. Um, Maybe it'll slow build. I think the Star I think Star Wars has to be. Star Wars has to be uh, retrospective. It has to be looking at the old stuff all the time to pull the old fans in. Mm-hmm. I don't think like people of my generation, like my brother or anyone like that who watched Star Wars as kids, has any interest in new- seeing new Star Wars or any new characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you when you bring, I don't think people have uh, like the Mandalorian. You know. Uh, is it, I suppose that's new characters, but he looks like Boba Vett, really. And they and they visit places you know, and they give you a lot of yeah. fan servicey things. But um, I was talking to somebody, and and like that, when you think about the end of the what the hell was the name of that movie, The Rise of the Skywalker, when seven billion <laughs> starships come out of a cloud to rescue that's everybody, horrible. and you're like, Ugh, this is a, just a visual mess. When you think about the tension that's elicited from two starfighters 
heading towards where the heist is taking place. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, oh yeah, yeah. All it took was less is more. Yeah. But I, I don't that, that Revenge of the or was it the Rise of the Skywalker? I don't even blame J.J. Abrams for that. I think that was just um, Disney, just mismanagement. And then they, they just got him to come in and, and salvage what he could of it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's a horrible film, though. Uh, the 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 Narkina 5 stuff, like, you've got to see the, like... It's nice that it's, like, that's THX 1138 visually, right? Like, all the white and, and the, the shock sticks yeah. and stuff like that. It's nice to see that little reference as well, like, so explored. I like, actually, when, when the... the um, the head of the prison, the prison warden, mm-hmm. the guy who comes out when they're electrocuting, the little uh, smirk on his face, so he's really enjoying, he's mm. a complete sadist. Yeah. No, I don't want to spoil it too much for you either, point. I'm going to, I should stop talking about it, but it goes really interesting places so far. Yeah. And I, I keep talking about, like, in the, um, the fact that you can tell what stuff is shot in the real world and, like, added to digitally as opposed to just being 100% a green screen. Well, now the thing about that is, it's like Border Empire. It probably wouldn't Border Empire wouldn't have as much of a wouldn't be as successful if you looked at it now today. But I remember after I watched the first episode of Border Empire or the first season when it was on 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 Vimeo or something, one of the the VFX companies released a show reel mm-hmm. showing how they they did all the things, and it was just like the locations in Border Empire, all of the ones that were fully CG. Mm-hmm. That watching the show. Didn't even think about. Yeah, it just perfect CG when it, it it just looked like they were in a real location, and that's the bad thing about real, really good CG. It doesn't have the spectacle of for for people the roller coaster this of it when when people go to see it. You know, it's it's like in Andor, you've only got like a CG build. It just looks real. It just looks in place, mm. and you don't notice it. You're just focusing on the story. Yeah. Um, whereas I think a lot of people want to be wowed with, with, yep. with, with crazy shit, you know. Yeah. I'm really liking. Um, I was walking back. I was walking through Dunleary, and I was thinking about the character of Mon Mothma, and how mm-hmm. she's this presence in the. Is it New Hope and Return of the Jedi? You see her, maybe even just yeah. Return of the Jedi. I think um, it's Return of the Jedi. Uh, and and then in the Phantom Menace. Yeah, and then she kind of pops up in. Rogue One. No, it was Revenge. It was it was a Revenge. Oh no, it was Rogue One. Was no, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, she was She's in talking the fa- to, uh, Revenge to Jin Erso in Rogue One for sure. Yeah, but like, and it's the actor. It's the actor who played Mon Mothma in Revenge of the Sith. Is it? As far as I know, I thought it was pretty Rogue, sure it is. I thought it was Rogue One anyway. Genevieve O'Reilly. We've we've hit on this lady's name a lot, and I'm never no, ever. Yeah, going she to was in Rogue One. She, it's the same actor in Rogue One as Anna Andor, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, but I don't yeah, think she's in she Revenge was, of the she Sith, was, right? She was Mon Mothma in Revenge of the Sith, as far as I know. Really? And now, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that before. And that she's actually aged appropriate to be Mon Mothma again, 17 years later or whatever. Well, that, that's, that's part sure of what I'm sort of, like, laughing at as well, is that, like, oh, she was born in 1977. Because um, that's when Star Wars came out. Um, yeah, same age as me. Oh. Look at what she's achieved. Press <laughs> now. Thanks, Aiden. She's a senator. She's looking well. She is in Revenge of the Sith. Holy fuck. Yeah, she's Mon Mothman in wow. Revenge of the Sith. 
So I was going to say how mad it is to go from like Rogue One to X amount of years later being asked to play it in a series where you get like real character development and you're starting to Mm -hmm. actually care. Like they're doing a good job. I care about this character. Whereas before it was just like a visual in the 70s films of like here's a person who is in authority. And now they've grown. But the cool thing is though is that she's age appropriate from Revenge of the Sith. Right. To now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, that's... No, yeah, that's right. What? Yeah. I was trying to work out and the And then... Uh, the same with... What's his name? Uh, uh, Boba Vett. What's the actor's name? Uh, look it up. I don't want to look it up because I should Tomorrow know. Morrison. Thank you. Tomorrow Morrison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's age appropriate though for how that things lad. have... have yeah. How things have laid out. Like, so that's cool. Yeah. I think that's the coolest thing about some of the casting in Star Wars that... The way it was done with the prequels and everything, it's just landed now that everybody's the right age. Mm-hmm. And same with it, well, to a lesser extent. Well, Ewan McGregor is the right age. He just hasn't aged as badly as Alec Guinness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think somebody said, give him 10 years, he's supposed to be the same <laughs> Wasn't age. Alec Guinness was only in his 60s or something in, in Star Wars, wasn't he? Yeah, give Ewan a, a few more years of cheating on his wives and driving around the world with motorbikes and he might look... You know that those those back he's got decades. the drugs. I he's... think I think that's keeping him young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, went, the motorbikes, here, not the cheating, huh? not the cheating. The motorbikes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but if if Obi Wan is ten years before Alec Guinness is supposed to take it on, I suppose we'll we'll line up. Yeah, ten more years of living in the desert, and you look a bit rough. Black Guinness looks really really old. <laughs> Oh, it was a different age. A more civilized time. Did you watch uh, Tales of the Jedi at all? The animated thing? The six... No. The six short episodes on Disney+. Plus. I started watching the first one and it's got that horrible art style and I just turned it off. Yeah, okay. Like, that art style, is, like, it has gotten so much better from when you go and watch, like, the first Clone Wars episodes. Um, I know, it has... It still, it still has... It's still not for you. It's someone in Disney that... Maybe they've made so many shows now they're afraid to change it or something. Mm -hmm. It's funny because it's like, when it started, it was definitely emulating Gennady Tartakovsky's 2D stuff. The graphic shapes. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of... Which I I, I didn't really love that. I didn't didn't love that. The style or the show? The style. I didn't watch the show. Okay. Um, Probably because I didn't like the style. Well, they're kind of unwatchable. I just felt it didn't fit with Star Wars. Uh, like, well, he'd be doing Samurai uh, Jack. Separately, yeah. it's a lovely art style, mm. but applied to Star Wars, I didn't really. I don't know. Mm. It's it probably just. It is, I have a. I suppose it's just fixed in my head what it should look like. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think, like I talked briefly about this Tales of the Jedi thing last week, and I maybe I wasn't aware of what it was going to be, but I thought it was going to be a broader. Like exploration of kind of like we had with the the anthology series, we saw the different studios. What is the Star Wars Visions series? Visions. Um, but this is very much like here's an origin story for Count Dooku, and here's a little expansion on Ahsoka Tan- Tano. So, they're it like I said last week. It, it Dave Filoni is fleshing out the prequel movies. Um, mm. like he's he's still like backloading or sideloading in giving a shit about these characters so now I can go and watch Count Dooku in Attack of the Clones 
and go, I know how he got to there. I care more. As opposed to when I first watched it. That like, sounds like a great Saturday night. <laughs> I, but it's, 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 Let's go watch Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I do think it is funny that it's like, I I saw that movie and was like, oh, Christopher Lee's in this. And it's like, I've got no character. I've got no motivation. I don't know what this is. He's just swinging a sword around. That's the end of Christopher Lee. Who gives a fuck? Um, but like, they're doing something anyway, in terms of like, Showing yeah. him, showing if it wasn't him in that art style, I'd, I'd probably watch it. Padawan, and if it wasn't for the art style, you'd watch yeah. it. Mm. Yeah, probably. Um, mm. I just really have a strong dislike, and I know it sounds a really superficial thing to say, but it just pulls me out of the story. I don't. It distracts me. Mm. You know, um, I'd I'd almost watch. Yeah. I'd watch. Oh, see, this is the thing. I. I I think it would fall apart for you in the back end, but the fourth one is called The Sith Lord, and it's where Count Dooku sort of makes his decision after Qui-Gon's death. And it's got this lovely mm. sequence of maybe, you know, just 90 seconds of him sort of walking away from the Jedi Temple and boarding a ship and flying across Coruscant and the music changing from kind of Jedi-aligned to sort of dark side aligned but it kind of enters a sort of uh, a pitch-bendy kind of Vangelis Blade Runner vibe. So there's this sort mm-hmm. of ninety second cityscapes that's like this is they're taking off Blade Runner here and it's nice I liked it, um, but the back end of it I think you'd be yeah. annoyed. He just fights another Yoda, Yaddle. <laughs> uh, well, I think I think what the, the the animated shows, I find that it's going to be harder for me to get anything out of it because I think they're more geared towards children. Mm-hmm. That that's uh, maybe if whether that's a. A prejudice I have, or, or whatnot. But like, say mm-hmm. in Andor, there's no, no spoiler. You need to watch this. <laughs> it's like a minefield here. For, but like, no, I, I brought the, 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 that he's not the interrogation. <laughs> the interrogation technique mm. is such a Star Wars solution. It's such a Disney solution. Mm. How can we make this menacing, but not uh, uh, start chopping uh, off fingers? Violent. Yeah. Not. Yeah, not uh, yeah, not explicitly violent. Yeah, and they get around, and it is a, it is imaginative, mm-hmm. um, which which is it's it's a testament, I think, to Andor. They're still managing to make it uh, make it uh, seem traumatic, a little bit darker. Mm. Yeah, like the thing is that they, they, there's some creature that they discovered when they uh, the, the Empire when they took over some planet that uh, when it died, it released an audio a sound that was the most Heart distressing, horrible sound that you could ever hear. So what they've done is they've manipulated it and synthesized it, and they're using and they put headphones on her, and they're using that as a uh, as a torture technique to get the answers over. Um, but it's all unfair, though. It is. It was really well handled. It's all unfair. Like I like what she says to her after the first session. Um, don't worry if you can't talk. We'll we'll take. Uh, head shakes and things like this is yeah. like you just set up how bad it is. you really sell it like how bad the thing is like, yeah. it's cool it's very clever I guess um but like there's that darkness to it that I when I see an animated show I don't think I'm gonna get something like that mm. because they do they are they are like these shows are greenlit on the strength of what their audience are gonna be and I think you know, Disney Plus putting an animated, a very adult, you can't see them putting a very adult animated show on. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm trying to think back if if that's can be if that can be refuted based on anything we saw in Star Wars Visions, you know. Um it's it walks a line. Just, it walks a line, you know. Like if yeah. you don't show blood you can get away with anything type of thing, you know. Well, uh, Star Wars Visions I, I wouldn't say less so that's directed at children, that's more directed at fans of anime. Mm. Um and 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 uh, it, 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 it wouldn't be but I think the the, the serialized animated shows on Disney I think yeah the, the stuff that looks like the latest animated thing the stuff in that style is geared towards a younger yeah. audience like it, it's, it's just business sense it just makes good business sense for them you know so when I see it that it's in that style I tend to just switch off and go I'm not gonna really get engaged by this I don't think I will you know mm-hmm. I really liked uh, Tartakovsky's uh, series though I loved yeah. it I don't know. There's, yeah. there's, there was one Jedi in it. You know the guy? He's a green with big, big, big eyes and, and loads of tentacles. Big green eyes. Yeah. I just that character design was so cool in the live action, but he just didn't come across. It looked kind of comedic in the Tarkovsky mm. kind of uh, show. That that's the whenever I think of that show, I think of him. I remember when I watched it, like back when we were back in college, and I can't buy him as a serious character. Mm. But like I, I don't know. They do look lovely. They look amazing. But I'm just coming at it from as as a Star Wars kind of fan. That you know, I just well, maybe if I watched it now, I'd, I'd have a different view of it. I, I get what you're saying. Like I, I don't really like that Kit Fisto's design anyway. And I kind of agree though that it looks kind of goofy in mm-hmm. in that format because it's it, it's almost it's bordering kind of caricature you know, what i think it is is it's, even like it's mace a, windu like is is kind of he's a badass in that series yeah but it's it's kind of a caricature of well, i think uh, it's more of a gendy you know. tarkovsky show as opposed to it being a star oh, wars show <laughs> yeah no you know? people have even said that that you know they it seems like it seems like he was allowed to do it off in a corner because it's so different from how the clone wars are depicted yeah I think that's I think that that's what I, my feelings towards it was. I went into it wanting Star Wars, and it wasn't Star Wars, so I just built up this dislike of it because you tricked me, kind of thing. <laughs> See, I went I went into it thinking this is the direction Star Wars is going, and I was excited. And then when it didn't do that, I was disappointed. It didn't, yeah, yeah. Like that Mace Windu battle where he's just fighting a robot army on That's his own insane. was just so fun yeah. and you just never see it's Mace so Windu well choreographed do... he sits in a chair he, he, even for John's, you... yeah if you, if you never watch the thing in its entirety just watch that in isolation just forget it's Star Wars yeah, for a second yeah. just as a piece of as a piece of two, three minutes choreography piece, right? yeah um, but just uh, as a kind of a as a piece of choreography and a kind of an inventive way of imagining how telekinesis could be used against you know, yeah. robots it's it's very cool no to be honest but, with you uh, i think i watched i downloaded the show in 2003 and had mm-hmm. a very compressed streamed like quality video yeah but i didn't i didn't really appreciate the actual animation and aesthetic value to it you know mm-hmm. so it would be something have, you, have either of you watched uh, primal I watched know. half of it, as I said. What's I think that? I said before. It's uh, it's uh, Tartakovsky's latest thing. I think oh, it right. got two seasons. Uh, it's like a kind of some kind of 
Neanderthal type guy uh, teams up with a dinosaur. Yeah. Uh, Teams up with a dinosaur. It's mostly, it's almost entirely visual storytelling. There's like no dialogue. Um, It's kind of hyper violent, but uh, it's very cool. Uh, lovely designs, lovely. Is that lovely animation. Cartoon Network? Is it? It was a. Uh, yeah. It was a yeah. Adult Swim. That was Adult Swim. Yeah. Was it? That was Cartoon Network. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it is the same network, but no, it was the nighttime Cartoon Network. Yeah, it's very violent. Yeah. So, like yeah. that is yeah. Adult Swim is really good. Yeah. 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 Like it opens with his family getting killed and. The dinosaurs family getting like there's one fucker of a dinosaur that's fucking around, yeah. and the two of them kind of team up to take this fucker down and bond, and it's kind of man and his dog thing at that point, really, isn't it? And um, yeah, it was fun. It's just that, like I was always putting it on while I was like drawing or something, and it's like if you're not actually watching it, you're missing it. Yeah. You kind of need to watch it, yeah, because it's yeah, yeah. I don't know how yeah, you'd ever do that, Aiden. You'd only ever put something on that you had no interest in watching. Is what you should be doing. <laughs> I do. You know I, what I mean? I put everything on when I'm drawing at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Did you watch? Like, when you were watching Anna early the other day, were you drawing? Were, were uh, you watching no, it? I've, I've gotten in the habit of like I'll go to the gym, get back by about eight, make some breakfast, sit down, and put Andor yeah. on on the screen beside me. Here. You're watching it on the TV though, aren't you? Yeah, I'm watching it on my like 27 inch monitor, and he watches it on an iPad. Oh, oh yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, it's on. It's <laughs> here. I forgot. It's this. You've got like a fantastic 55 TV. inch OLED. Yeah, now like a really, really good TV. I, I, I have said to Brian before that like I don't understand how he watches things two, three, and four times. Um, and in the last few weeks, between House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, She-Hulk, Andor, I have been doing my usual thing where I sit down for breakfast. But then I'm like, I've nothing to do for an hour in the evening. I'm putting Andor on again on the telly, and I'm watching it again. I, so I am watching these things again on bigger screens. But like I, I'm so looking forward to sitting down in the morning watching Andor. I know you're looking forward to that, but why don't you just flip that? that? That's another... What? It's another Sorry, what? I was going to say is that that's another um, thing on the, the price point of Netflix and Disney. Like, everything on Disney, if you've got a HDR, you know, OLED TV, you get that. You get it in 4K HDR. Netflix, you got to fucking pay Yeah, that's what's the one I'm paying. And, and a lot of the content quid. isn't even... Yeah, a lot of it isn't even, you know, 4K or Picture HDR. Picture quality is not great on Netflix. Paying. Yeah, I've got yep. Adobe. Adobe, the uh, was it Adobe? What's the Vision? Adobe, is it Adobe Vision? Atmos. Uh, Vision, Vision. Well, uh, Adobe Vision on uh, the TV yeah, and on the PlayStation, Xbox. Yeah, it's it's nice. It is a difference, but like, um, yep. What were you saying? Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I watched something Flip on my TV shit, yeah? in my room. Why don't you on a Wednesday? Yeah, get up in the morning, watch something ridiculously stupid. And then anticipate all day. It's like when you have all your work done, you're chilling out in the evening, get something to eat, you can just sit back and enjoy the episode. Is that not more appealing? I, I know what you're saying, but I'm just, I'm filling my time so much that like I, the chances of me having that hour and not falling asleep are yeah, slim. Like I'm, like I know that this is fucking stupid and I know it's unsustainable, but like I'm trying to go out to fucking comedy shows and comedy clubs so much that I'm just yeah. fucking like I'm getting home at, at no I can imagine a lot um, if I get up before 8 o'clock I have to have a nap in the afternoon yeah and I'm getting up to go to the gym for half 6 <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind of I'm 
as I say, I know it's unsustainable, but I'm sort of burning the candle at both ends at the moment. I don't know if it's unsustainable. I think you just get used to it, don't you? I'm, bur- you I'm, I'm feeling wiped. Really? You, you'll be in, you'll be in bed by you'll be asleep by ten. Not if I'm going to. A you got a bed really early now. Have you stopped playing uh, Call of Duty? Uh, mostly, yeah. Mostly. Like, oh I'm, no! I'm going to try and play some tonight. Um, what about Warzone Two? Uh, that's why I have to sort of get myself back into the into the vibe here. Um, thank you for giving us the natural segue. Warzone Two is coming, guys. So, oh no, it's not. Um, yeah, it's coming twenty no, uh, uh, something. Mo- yeah, Modern month. Warfare. Yeah, I'm going to download it. Cool. We can definitely going on for a few weeks. Um, it's free. Yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. I'm seeing videos of people playing Modern Warfare Two at the moment, and they're all mm-hmm. leveling up their guns and getting used to the system. And I'm like half FOMOing on that where I'm like I should download it but I'm like I don't want to pay 60 quid for that game I'm just waiting for the free uh, 70 quid I think or 80 quid at this stage yeah Um, it's not I'd, I'd buy it I, it's not supposed to the single player is okay well, uh, I, just, this, I would this, just be buying have you seen the Amsterdam level in, in, the, in Modern Warfare 2 mm-hmm. it's like fucking nearly one to one in the photo telemetry like it just looks amazing was that, did you not see it on TikTok? It was blown up on TikTok. Yeah, uh, so. Everybody's like, these are real graphics. And when I first saw it on the phone, I thought it was someone had video, had used a phone, and then edited it, it uh, to yeah. take, make the characters look a bit jerky and stuff. But anyway, yeah. it looked close. It's actually the game. Yeah. Um, but that's like that's about 10 minutes of the game, you know, and that's that, that, that level. But there's supposed to be something like three standout levels, and that's one of them. And then there's like several average, and then there's three or four just tedious levels right. from what I've seen from the reviews of it so yeah. uh, like I, I bought Modern Warfare 1 a couple of years ago and I, I did enjoy that but that reviewed much better single player I played that I did play that through and like it was my first time playing a Modern Warfare game in a while like I played Modern Warfare 1 through 4 back in the day um, and mm-hmm. when that came through I was just like oh, I just feel like I'm on rails here you know like I, I just yeah, Walking. but it's I liked it because it was the I had the um the warfare uh, controls the mm. the weapons were that bit more realistic. I think I bought one of the um, Black Ops games for PlayStation Four when it first came out, mm-hmm. and I was amazed with how arcadey Call of Duty had become. I think it was Black Ops Three. I think it was, and I hadn't played several Call of Duties things since the original Modern Warfare's, and I was just amazed at how twitchy and unrealistic the controls were. So for Modern Warfare, the, the 2018, what I really enjoyed was they, they, they went back and, and did the controls to make them a little bit more realistic and a little bit more engaged with the environment. You know, like in warfare, when you can jump through windows and you have more like uh, uh, um, awareness, body, full body awareness kind of thing, because you don't get that very often in games. Mm. So you think you're going to download Warzone? Oh, it's, yeah, definitely. Just do um, just uh, definitely want to see what it runs like. Anyway, is it? Um, is there any? I guess is there any indication where it's running better, like PS5 versus? Like- no, well, they're same. I think PS5 and no. I think Xbox actually has a slight advantage. I think there were some warmers of accusations against Microsoft <laughs> already. Um, sort of like, uh, for PS5 because they bought. They're they're in the process of Infinity buying a claim or not claim. Infinity Ward, Activision. Activision. Whole no, <laughs> they, they bought the whole shop, Everybody. the whole building. <laughs> yeah. They bought everything. 
everything um, Call of Duty. Sony are Sony are going around at the moment, going to world governments, kind sending them emails, going, "Don't let them buy that. It's not fair." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't and then Microsoft the new Modern got Warfare shut down 2 for, ad um, has exclusive PlayStation Five content. <laughs> Microsoft got shut down for Monopoly. Uh, stuff in the nineties, didn't they? Well, no, it was uh, Internet Explorer, wasn't it? it was, it was, it was, that was the big thing. They, they've always had a lot of antitrust kind yeah. of lawsuits and cases, mm-hmm. yeah, because they're pretty monopolistic. Oh, like if this if Activision thing goes through, and if the next Call of Duty is free day one on Game Pass, PlayStation's fucked. <laughs> Are you playing anything you know? on the PlayStation, Brian? You're a PlayStation personal. Um nothing new. I started I only got around to playing Hollow Knight last All week. Right. Hollow Knight came out a while ago, yeah. Ago. Yeah. <laughs> um I started playing it last week and yeah, that's great. It's like seven euro. Um, free on Game Pass. Full, <laughs> full, um, yeah, but then I'd have to play on a fucking Xbox. Xbox cool yeah. man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's that's all I'm kind of playing at the moment. And Bayonetta three came out Friday, and yeah. I started playing that. And ugh. no good. Um, Performance isn't great on it, is I, it? It, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's not. No, uh, I think I was playing for about two hours, and I was only just getting into the actual game at that point. But um, fucking hell, it looks rough. Like, I'd say Bayonetta wait, wait a few games. months until it's updated. They'll have to do something with it because, like the Digital Foundry review, yep. uh, John Linneman reviewed it. He, they, they, he, despite the performance problems with it, he still thinks it's an amazing game. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, and like, like it's very it, unusual it for well Digital be, Foundry like, to say that, like, you know. Yeah, I was playing it for about two hours, and there was just so much fucking just just bad video game storytelling shit at the start before you actually get into. Yeah. The actual meat of the game, and by the time I got into that point, you know, I was like, okay, well, I need a break now, and I haven't picked it up. I, I ordered it; it was supposed to arrive Friday last week, and it didn't arrive until Wednesday. Um, I think somebody was trying to steal my package, but that's another story. Tell um, that story. So yeah, no, it's too long. It's just <laughs> packet, packet. Ordered the thing; supposed to arrive Friday. Got a text saying this is on the way. Checked it. It's like, yeah, we tried to deliver this, and you weren't there. I was like, I was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, sent an email. Didn't get a reply to the email until Tuesday. Right. It was a bank holiday, though, wasn't Tuesday. it? Bank holiday, yeah. But it yeah. was supposed to arrive on Friday. Um, yeah, well, bank holidays fuck up re- things like mail and all that. Yeah, no, like, I did. this was uh, kind of through the emailing and phone calls and stuff. The way they work with deliveries, this is DPD, is like... I think it's scanned when it leaves their depot and it's put in a van. Mm. And then when the when the driver's in your area, whether they're like outside yeah. your house or in the kind of, you know, 10-minute radius or whatever, yeah. they will scan it again in the van because they're about to deliver it. Yeah. And then whatever whatever hour that's in, if, if it's half past two... Well, you get a text, it, don't you, you saying your package will yeah, arrive at 10.45 yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I got that text, meaning the guy was in the area so like it would have had to be scanned and then scanned again so when they put it back in the van mm. it gets scanned again and then you, it that updates on the page saying it's going back to the depot so like it got scanned saying yeah it, this is in your area 
then sometime later that day it was scanned again it's like anyway and you didn't even realize the game wasn't that great at the time you must have been bullying but i'm (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this story going remember i sent you a birthday present that was a hard to get book and it never arrived Mm -hmm. and the the book the the company was like yeah "Yeah, it seems to have got lost along the way we can send you another one and go figure no, like the the package was ripped and everything, because because the thing is, when it arrived on Wednesday, uh, my sister got something delivered to the house, that was delivered by DPD, and that arrived that morning, and I called them up and I was like, "Where's my package?" It's like, "Oh yeah, 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 I know, uh, they're in the area, and you'll get it." And it was only after I called twice on Wednesday that the driver came back, and it was the same guy who delivered my sister's package that morning. Mm. So, like, I don't know. It seems like somebody was just hoping that, like, if the se- if if basically if if after seven days it's not delivered to me, if I don't yeah, the package, it, it gets returned to the person I bought it from. Uh, it's a pretty niche pa- thing for someone to want to rob, isn't it? <laughs> Given the the other thing that went fucking missing, I'm like, maybe they've got some fucking nerd that yeah. has flagged Brian as the guy that gets sent cool shit. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, they 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 know it's coming from Smiths, right? Yeah. You know, and it's a video game. The, yeah, and like the package was ripped, so they they could see, and it was I got the there was a an art book uh, oh, with right. it, so it came in a in a larger box. Oh, sorry, the book actually. But they would have seen it was a video game in a box because, like I said, the the packaging was ripped mm. in two or three places. How much extra did you pay for the art book? Twenty quid. That's a lot of money you spend for yeah. a soft. Soft cover. I, I, um, I sent him this um, but like the, 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 thirty the years of Capcom art of book. This is two hundred and fifty pages, though. Oh, that's not bad. I sent him um, this thirty years of Capcom art of book for his birthday. That was sort of, I guess, like out of print or pretty old at that point. And like, I was kind of just happy that the 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 retailer was like admitted that it got lost in transit and refunded me like they said when we get mm. another copy and we'll send it on and after like a month and a half like we can't get another copy of this will we just give you your money back i'm like sure yeah grand but um, oh that's sad um but now he's got that sweet sweet though, protein performance on it i hope it's not selling that well as far as you know it's selling okay but it's it's i think it's slightly behind bayonetta too uh, at the time um but it's just i think it's more proof that nintendo need a new switch yeah, it's like really, it, it, it looks it looks like Bayonetta one. Yeah, that's it what really I mean. Does. Well, um, if you think about it, yeah. the Switch is basically a PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Sixty level mm. of power. Yeah, you know, it is. Yep, uh, and, and 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 just through modern development techniques that they can make games look so good. Yeah. Like they have the FSR like the, some of the games or whatever the you know super resolution like, stuff. Like my, my problem isn't even really the performance at the moment. It's the way it introduces like the different mechanics and systems. And like mm. when I was comparing that to the first Bayonetta, it's just such a smooth, slick playing yeah. experience. The way it the way it introduces like all the mechanics, the the way the way combos work, just everything about it was just a joy to play. And this is just not screen is so busy with instructions and it's just it's just like one type of tutorial after another interrupting the flow of the game and this is like i can't believe this is you think you can switch them off though to minimum there was some game i saw reviewed recently where that was an issue and they said in the in the in the, in the options there's a, a, an option to put that to 
only very important notifications or something not not even not even so much like what's on screen just like how it's teaching you the stuff because i remember in, in the first game there's like a loading screen for you and it, it, while it's loading you can practice combos and stuff and this still has that right? yeah which is good but the first time i had been through about three or four different tutorials before i got to that type of loading screen and like in bayonetta you can just kind of play around and have fun and that's that's kind of the, the fun of the game whereas I was playing for about two hours before I got to that moment where I could just like experiment with different right. combos and stuff. Because at the start, it was just this kind of handholdy. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just like I just want to fucking run around yeah. and dodge and like just play with shit. It's like no, 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 no. There's a new thing. Here's how you control this. Here's how you control that. And it's like oh, God. it's like the opening to Red Dead Redemption Two. Just remember that snow level. <laughs> just wanted that to be over so quickly. How long did that even go though? On? It goes on for about an hour, I think. Um, at oh, the start I remember of the game. that like people were like, the moment the credits come up, people will be like, "This is the start. I've been playing this for days." Yeah, no, it's just it's very it's very handholdy. It's very, very linear kind of introduction to the game. If it was a different game, it'd be amazing. Mm. <laughs> but it's just like the open world is what I wanted to start to explore in the map, and not even do any missions or anything, you know. Yeah. And you're just yeah. like, when am I going to be able to get a horse and just go wherever I want? But like the bay- bayonetta thing, though, that's that probably seeks quite well into God of War because I've never played bayonetta for the simple reason that it was I don't like Twitch uh, beat 'em ups. Yeah, I tried uh, like to play it. I think you put da- you Devil May Cry or bayonetta. Bayonetta is smooth. Though. I know it's, it's smooth, but it's more. It's, it's very video. It's very video gamey. Whereas I like I like games like say Red Dead Redemption or you know that have Still. characters that have weight and and they might be their actions might be awkward but are slow but they are actually moving realistically it's just people people expect it to be more twitchy you know I I I, I go to the other end I like weight and 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 realistic awkwardness and that's why they added that to um, Devil May Cry Five actually because people were wondering how yeah because they with the kind of new engine and stuff and they they're adding kind of weight and things to the the animations and people are mm-hmm. saying well how is that going to affect the the combat and i love devil may cry 5 and actually that that was one of the things while playing bayonetta 3 was comparing it to the opening of devil may cry 5 which is just fucking so slick that runs like, really well on the new consoles it, as it's well. great mm-hmm. it's fucking fantastic and i was like we're so far off seeing a bayonetta of this quality so long as nintendo are involved yeah. you know uh but the thing was though, that's what the, the the original trilogy of God of War though. I I don't I never played uh, the first two, and I think I I bought the third one on PlayStation Three. I think I played it for a few hours, and then so can get brought it back to the shop that I bought it in because of it was just I can't engage with the character, I can't with the world because it's so twitchy, and and then then God of War two thousand eighteen came out and that was a masterpiece. See, I saw, um, God, it was, it, like, it feels like it was, like, movies, games, and videos, but it was something else, like, it was something on television going, like, here are the best games of the, 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 the. and it was, it was God of War 2, and they showed a clip of it, and I was like, what in the fuck is that? I had never seen it, and hmm. I went and I got God of War 1 and played it through, and then got God of War 2, and the only reason I bought a PlayStation 3 was God of War 3, and then I, yeah. and, like, I acknowledge all the sort of, like, like the juvenile kind of like emo rocky kind of like shit that I would 
kind of bristle at now. Um, but I bristled at it back. I then. bristled at it back then too. But yeah. I liked the scale <laughs> yeah, I and I liked the like mythology yeah. stuff. And the scale was cool in it, yeah. but I think it was just for me was the twitchiness of the controls. I didn't. Well, well I will say though, was like I like I wasn't a huge fan of the God of War games, and I, you know, I tried playing them and. The combat in those, even though like it, it is more of the, you know, Devil May Cry style. It is nowhere near the level of what Bayonetta is on. So even though it's that kind of yeah. combo heavy type thing, the difference between God of War and like the previous combat in God of War, not the current one, mm-hmm. and Bayonetta, it's night and day. Like there's but- and there's there's such a range of weaponry in Bayonetta that changes the play style, and you can combine stuff on like which buttons you like. So you you might have a one weapon set and you can use that on your light and heavy attacks but then you can mix it up you get another weapon except well, i'm going to assign that to the light one and this one to the heavy one and the the, the different ways you can combine stuff that change yeah. yeah. the move style and the set it, it's so much more than just a quick paced but watching god of war masher, you know like and i, I my I, my only context is the the original trilogy i haven't really played the the ps4 version which i like i would like to but the it's on pc now Aiden. you should what this is true um, when I think about playing those games, the combos that I'm carrying out feel very like targeted and effective, and like I know I'm doing it to hit the guy. When I played something like because Bayonetta has Capcom associated with that, am I making that up? Who's what's the no. Namco? It was uh, Platinum uh, Games, but they is Platinum, but they were formerly Clover, which was owned by Capcom. Okay, there's so, there's some reason. There's why Treasure. There's people from Treasure in there as well, isn't there? But yeah, when I played. Bayonetta, it didn't feel like I was executing a combo to attack a uh, an enemy. It felt like I was executing a combo to enjoy the color and art and style on screen. Do you know what I mean? And that's ne- like the visual spectacle of it. That's what I was aiming at, and uh, that bored me. You know what I mean? I just want to I want to deal with my enemy and move through to the next thing. Whereas this felt like I'm supposed to enjoy the spectacle of this, and I wasn't. In the least condescending way Thanks. possible, you were playing it wrong in that sense. Because, <laughs> no, but because because like Bayonetta, like the the main mechanic in in Bayonetta, genuinely though, I the know, main I, mechanic in Bayonetta, just, it's yeah. it's the dodge. Well, you respect Aiden, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the it's the dodge in Bayonetta. Okay. So like that, it, it's combining those attacks, timing it with your dodge. Because if you time your dodge right it slows down time for you know a second or two mm. and it's chaining those things together yeah because you you can get through it just by button mashing that's the thing yeah it's designed to be it's designed to be stylish whether you're a novice or mm-hmm. you know an expert at this stuff but the the complexity in it like what what you're looking for in the experience playing Bayonetta then if you want to match it with what you're getting out of God well, of War, I want the I want the is, narrative is, is, I'm not is, interested in the fighting is the thing well the thing with narrative is that's that, that's that, that, that's a good point though about the Bayonetta and the Devil May Cry games because of the disconnect I have from them being so video gamey I can't engage with the stories I can't engage with the characters yeah, the story's with, anime nonsense like <laughs> yeah well no but in terms of it's, like it's compared to yeah. or even the original God of War games but the original God of War trilogy would be the same for me, but what I loved so much about God of War 2018 was because it's so immersive. They actually like they went full the other direction with the immersive nature of it. There's not even, like, in God of War 2018, it's, I think 
I think Red Dead Redemption did it to a certain extent, but there's there's, there's no breaks in the camera. You know what I mean? Like when you're you're in that position with, with Kratos, if there's a cutscene, the camera just uh, organically moves to show the scene. There's no cuts at all. There's just like Balder, the first uh, boss fight. Uh, I, was watching, I was watching a catch up of the story last night. There's a bit where Kratos gets a tree trunk, and it's a POV of Kratos with the tree trunk stuck into Balder, and he's like pushing him through brick. Uh, the, 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 it's, it's all done in one take though, and then the camera just pulls back, and it looks really organic and it's really fluid. But the amount of engineering that must have gone into that game. To be able to do that is it's it's, it's it's nobody would actually realize because it's so good. It goes back Kojima to Kojima tried to do the same thing in Phantom Pain, and it is so clumsy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but like there's a couple of scenes in Phantom Pain where it's trying to like show you multiple like reactions to a thing that's happening, and the camera is like just you know gliding from one person to another, whereas a cut would have made more sense more sense but it just, works it, in god of war though it works in god of war yeah yeah it, it doesn't works work so well pain, but it works. and the point though with that was the story i could tell you the story i did have to watch it again but i, I was actually surprised at how how thin the story is that i there wasn't anything i actually i didn't remember about the story but the cliffhanger not the cliffhanger but the reveal at the end uh, i think i've told you who what the cliffhanger you know what the cliffhanger is at the end of god of war 2018 81 about Atreus, about his son. Oh, it, who his son Loki, is. is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was just, I thought that was a great ending to a game mm. that you went, oh, well, there's definitely got to be a sequel here. Right, okay. But the, 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 the whole first game is just a preamble mm. uh, to, to where this is going. Cool. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. The reviews so, are crazy for God of War. They are, I saw crazy high, like Metacritic is 9.6 or something. It's 94, 94 at the moment. Um, 106 reviews, all positive, no mixed, no no negative. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I prepaid for it there. I actually prepaid for it on Wednesday morning, and then I went, shit, I haven't seen any reviews of this. <laughs> so I'm not doing this again, am I? Yeah. And then I was just like, the reviews came out yesterday, or no, on Thursday, and I was like, phew. So is, <laughs> I went with my call. Is the 2018 game, because where I fatigued on playing three of them, and I did play three of them through, was Kratos is starting at point A, he loses all his powers, and you're going to spend the game building up a power set. No. No? no? Okay. No. No, no, no. He's he's Kratos at the start. Okay. He's burying, or he's cremating his you, wife. You, you earn more stuff, Yeah. Um, but you're still yeah. very much Kratos. Because like that was a mechanic I saw in, like, uh, Force Unleashed. Well, no, and I started there, there to spot a... how they like, okay, let's show you what you were capable there, of doing, there's... and let's take it all away from you, and then you have it again. By, yeah. like, no, there is there is one thing, though, but it's interwoven with the story. And it's like, a spoiler again, but Aiden, it's a four-year-old game. When he, gets no, the, not, the, when he gets the blades, at the start of the game, right, he's Atreus, Atreus tells him he's never to go to somewhere when they're hiding. He's never to go somewhere in the floorboards. He's like, don't, don't look what's in there. Mm. And then about halfway through the game, he's been using the hammer uh, for the whole game, mm. but he has to go to Hell or Hellheim. Mm. And the ice hammer won't work there, right? So he, he he travels all the way back, and you've already traveled from worlds and worlds in the game. But he goes all the way back to his house, and he goes to that floor. He lifts the floorboards up, and I've never even played a God of War game. But as soon as it reveals, it's the blades. I was just like, I got chills. 
I was like, oh, this is amazing. And it totally changes the game. Mm. And it's like, okay, this has got a war now because the, the fighting becomes a lot more fast, uh, faster paced. Yeah. Uh, when you have the blades, yeah. But uh, but 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 the way it's it's not just uh, it's not just an up an upgrade. It's actually part of the story. Mm-hmm. It's 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 it was there. He, he had access to it all along. Okay. But he was uh, he goes back for them. I think he doesn't want to use them because he doesn't want to the reminder of his. Yeah, he associated with his. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, and also it doesn't get rid of the hammer either. The hammer comes back. You you can alternate between the two of them. Yeah, the hammer though. Who recalling that hammer is probably the coolest game moment it's, ever. It's very satisfying. I did play it a bit on your when you were in Manchester, mm. you know. But like there was lovely feedback in the controller as well when it when it hits. You know, it's nice. It's, it's something better though. Clearing a room and you're like you 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 punch the last guy to death, and then everything goes silent, and then you just click the recall button, and it goes and you hear clinking ding 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 ding, and back into the hand. It's pretty cool. I'm not, I'm really looking forward to it. It's it's. It's supposed to not be trying to do anything better mm. than the original, than the 2018 mm-hmm. one. Um, it's pretty much a PlayStation 4 game. It is available on PlayStation 4. It's out on um, Wednesday, right? Yeah. yeah. But like uh, the benefit of it being a PlayStation 4, like a cross-gen release, is that the recommended uh, performance uh, uh, mode from Digital Foundry was if you have 120 frames... TV with VRR to play the ultra high 120 frames version because it's still the same resolution as the 60 frames and it never really gets to 120. Uh, I think it uh, operates between 80 and 90, gets to 120 in some places. But if you have VRR, you're not going to get any stutters or anything. So it's the smoothest, uh, uh, smoothest, and, and visually it's not much different from the high quality versions anyway. So, so that's the benefit of it being a PlayStation game. You can get that extra bit of performance as opposed to graphical, but it still looks better. Mm. You know? Yep. Did um, did you go and see Banshees of Inisherin, Brian? What did you go and see Banshees <laughs> of Inisherin? You were talking about seeing it. Embridge two. I saw it with you. You fucking dope. Well, oh, yeah. Aiden, you're fucked. <laughs> fucking hell. You really are born in the candle at both ends, aren't you? <laughs> fucking hell. I thought I saw well. that movie alone. Wow. <laughs> you saw that film with... Like four people, yeah. Four other yeah. people. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> that was, how long ago was that? A week? That was like two weeks ago. A week, maybe wow. two weeks ago. <sighs> yeah. Hey good? Brian, you went to see Banshees of Inner Sharon. Did you uh did you enjoy it? <laughs> I did. I did. It was very good. Quite enjoyed it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so tired. Does Colin Farrell feel completely like an American actor putting on an Irish accent now at this stage? Only a little bit. Yeah. That's what I found with Embridge. It, it felt a little like an hour in Bridge. It felt a little like playing Dougal, you know. But I mean, I I, I found that would I I put on see how they run last night. Um, no interest in watching it really. I saw the trailer for it and I was like, that looks bad. So it was on Disney Plus. Uh, I said that I'll fall asleep to that. So I put that on. Saoirse Ronan's accent in it is just so distracting. Irish. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it's it's just it's mad. 
She's that's why Embrage Embrage was like for me and the two boys. This is quite. A, I never. That was a very successful Irish film and all that, but I couldn't get into it because their accents. They just sounded like they were putting on an Irish accent. I I kind of find that though with a lot of things. Like I I, I find that if you watch, I can't think of. It. What was it? It's the guy he's in. Um, he plays the boss in Fight Club, and he's in devs but he was in an episode this is years ago he was in an episode of something post fight club but it was on bbc or itv and he sounds like he's putting on an exaggerated american accent mm-hmm. and i i realize i kind of find this with stuff that depending on where, where the production is based and then depending on where these other actors are from people's accents are way more pronounced when they're around like it's like there's a baseline accent mm. for something, and then the second somebody deviates from the baseline, even if it's an accent I'm used to, like an Irish accent, it just seems more pronounced. And I don't know—is it—is it because does it sound more pronounced compared to what everybody else sounds like, or is it that thing that people are exaggerating, uh, whether it's consciously or otherwise? Mm. Otherwise, but yeah. they're on set. They're, they're, they're Lenny Henry, you mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's like bad enough, Lenny Henry. I just, I just associate him so much with mid eighties light entertainment. Uh, you know, with the Bobby Davro, uh, Freddie Starr, uh, Jimmy Savile era. Some of my earliest um, memories of like TV comedy are Lenny Henry had a show every weekend on BBC Two or something, and I'd, I'd look forward to yeah, it on a Saturday yeah. evening. I don't, really, it, it, but like the thing is. That pulled me out when I saw Lenny Henry appear in, in the Rings of uh, Power. Mm, is it? Yeah. yeah. But then as soon as he started talking, what is that accent? I don't know. Are they hobbits? They are. Yeah. There's. There's. I think that's what we sound like, to be honest. So. Ah <laughs> uh, no, that Lenny Henry uh, no. sounds like. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, like his, it sounds like his stand-up from the eighties where he would do an Irish accent. <laughs> I just I just listened to him on off menu. He's on he's doing podcast rounds to like promote a, a book and probably rings a power as well. He doesn't stop switching between like caricatured accents from you know whether it's you know Caribbean or. Yeah, West Indies. He's like or, a, a, just, a, a scary shtick. uncle at a funeral or something. This is, <laughs> but it's true. Very, to him. very. It's true that he is being true to him. Yeah. Oh, yes. I don't. I don't I have. I have no idea what Lenny Henry's done in the last thirty years. I don't. He's just not been on my radar. Mm. Um, so I'm stuck with this this light entertainment English TV mm. image of him. I know he was married to Don French. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. Well, he was. That's yeah. a long time ago. He's been divorced for ages. But um, it's just so funny seeing him pop up in Lord of the Rings. It's like seeing Brendan O'Carroll or something pop up. That take me out of seeing, like you know. Look, I watched the um, the the um, Brendan O'Carroll film. Was it the the Mrs. Brown Boys movie? Yeah, Have you ever yeah. seen that? Yeah, I had to watch it there recently. Um, and there's a scene in it where they go to a dojo. Right, and it's the most racist fucking thing. There's loads of racially charged jokes in the film. Like it's just the, the audience, the t- total Brexit audience that right, they're so going popular for. Popular in England, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but the dojo scene, it's like something that was shot in a Carry On film in the mid '60s or something. And I've, I actually went on YouTube. I wanted to show you actually, and I couldn't find anything online from that scene. It's like it's been scrubbed from the internet. <laughs> um. But, uh, yeah, it's, that's what Lenny Henry is for me, though. Very middle-of-the-road 
English 1980s humour. It's like a family member showing up in Lord of the Rings. That's mm. what it's like. Yeah, I I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I like Lenny. I I, I just have a real what a, a nostalgia and effect. Has he ever thing. done anything remotely like that, like dramatic acting? Yeah, he has. He he's like sure I he think has, he's yeah. even done a run of like really. did he do Macbeth on the West End and stuff? Like he's done a whole Did he? Yeah, he's done a whole sort of phase of you know, branching beyond comedy. Um uh Russ Abbott. That's the that's the era that Lenny Henry's from. Right. You'd go oh, to a show I mean, and was, it'd be Russ Abbott and Lenny Henry headline. He was on the the black and white minstrel show and stuff in the late seventies and mid eighties. Who was um, Lenny Henry? Yeah, well, yeah. Like he talks that, about I didn't want to go into that, get into the racial side of it. But there's just, there is that. That's the other thing: the self self depreciation of an ethnic minority in English uh, entertainment. So like if you watch them old videos of Bernard Manning, remember I got into mm-hmm. watching them for a while, yeah. doing, played in the workman's clubs in the Manchester in the 70s, and there was one one black guy comedian, and his whole show, his whole shtick was coming up and being self-depreciating about black people. Mm-hmm. And it was just really weird, a room full of white racists, laughing their ass off at this guy and I think there's some characters I think Lenny Henry did that I remember and looking back on it they were like he did it I think he did a, an Afro-Caribbean character mm-hmm. that had a really pronounced accent and all this so I think that's probably when I think back to Lenny Henry he, he he's like he's very establishment and yeah, yeah I, I mean that's I mean that's the British system isn't it it's, it's the BBC it's it's light entertainment you know it's like do the do the comedy clubs until you get on the panel shows until you're Michael McIntyre you know and then enter some sort of national treasure status if you haven't burned your fucking bridges yeah seeing, seeing him in Lord of the Rings was like Michael McIntyre coming out of a little hut <laughs> <laughs> and doing an Irish accent <laughs> um, that'd be that'd be something else that's not going to pull you out of scene, Aiden. What will? <clears throat> yeah, have you watched the Lord of the Rings, the Ring of Paris, all the way through? Yeah. yeah. You enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, I was watching it in conjunction with uh, House of the Dragon, which I really enjoyed, um, and it really was like like a fairy tale versus Game of Thrones, like fantasy drama stuff. So, yeah. like, there's lovely stuff in it. I think I do think that like. I'm not a big fan of, you know, fandoms, people that are obsessive over stuff, and there's a lot of, like, Lord of the Rings. There's people that are just like, oh my god, she's so beautiful, I love the armor, and then the, like, yeah. that's the, the other end, I'm just like, shut up. And then there's a lot of people who are like, oh, it's so inaccurate to the book, and I was like, it's just fun. Just have fun with it. Like, I, I've only watched the first episode, and I watched five minutes of the second episode. Mm. I think I, I, I decided not to watch it or something. My, my takeaway from that was, just, it looks amazing. Mm. But the story was, I just wasn't engaged in it, and I didn't care really. I was just watching it. But it, it's just like style over substance. Is that true? Is that a, a valid? Um, it's uh, it's definitely a little series? bit style over substance, but not in a shallow way. And the story does start to take shape. It's it's kind mm. of threading stuff together. It's very much a kind of um, a prologue season. Um, right. And if you're familiar, I'm sure you're familiar with like the kind of lore and mythology of of the world mm-hmm. and kind of the events before uh, Lord of the Rings. If you're familiar with that stuff, it's kind of cool to see it interpreted and see how things came to be. 
Um, I think it's, it's worth sticking with because it's... What is it? It's, it's a thousand years before The Lord of the Rings. It's at least, yeah. Yeah. Maybe and more. Is there, how long was Gollum Gollum? Was Gollum... A, was he a Gollum for a thousand years? No. He was a Gollum I mean, for I think, a long time. I think a long time, but I think that it's still bound by like the Hobbit lifespan of, you know, like Bilbo's 111 or something, isn't he? And like I think Gollum's life. No, but like Gollum himself. But when he got originally gets in the harbor, when he gets the ring off Gollum, mm-hmm. hasn't Gollum been Gollum for like that's that's why he looks the way he looks. He's been that way for a while, yeah, like at least. So yeah. I wonder if oh, six hundred is it? Mm-hmm. So we won't be seeing Gollum in there. I'm just desperate to see if familiar. Well, not Gladriel and thing is in it, but there's other stuff too. It's worth watching. Are you desperate? Yeah, I think. You think you're desperate? You feel yeah. desperate to see what a familiar character? Yeah, it would be nice if you know, Gollum was in it. Okay. I like Gollum as a character. If they, like, they showed him in at an earlier stage. But as far as there's not much to say about him, is there? You're just hidden well, his, his, the mountains. His, yeah, his, well, I mean, look, once he hid in the mountains, you can do whatever you want with him for 500 years. He just goes back to the mountains. Um, it's the same thing mm. that Obi-Wan hid in the desert for 20 years, except you know when he went on a couple of adventures, which is what they showed. Well, no, it, no, I think it sells his fascination with the ring more if he just didn't really do anything. Yeah. He was happy just to hide in the mountains with the ring. Yeah, but he was feeding Shelob and stuff, wasn't he? Like, he he was doing stuff. Mm. Um. So, you recommend it, though, yeah? I would stick with it. Like, I, I, I liked it. And like I said, I liked seeing things that are largely written in appendices to mm-hmm. actually see them get, you know, a kind of a, mm-hmm. a dramatic or cinematic interpretation of them. And, it, yeah. and like it, yeah, it, 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 it is definitely as well where where you know I, I don't know if it's in character as the author of the book or if whether it's Christopher Tolkien's writing on it as well where he's like these are written as oral histories transcribed so there there's conflicting accounts and there's inaccuracies and they can be interpreted differently so they're really treating it as like mythology like Homer's Odyssey you know so there's a mm-hmm. thrust to the narrative, but if we've interpreted it the way that you didn't expect it to, well, the source material is kind of vague. We can do what we want. And special SFX, uh, VFX was, does it have the seven, several times the budget of uh, of Dragon's uh, show to, yeah. compared to Dragon's? Yeah. I would say That's so. cool. Yeah. Like it literally has, I think... I think the budget for episodes. What's the episode of, of Dragon House of Dragons? Isn't that the same? It's what they said. They spent a billion dollars on this series, right? For of Lord of Rings. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's something like ten million an episode or something production costs. Mm. Oh, it's and more. It's, it's it's like sixty or something. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a ridiculous yeah. amount, but yeah. whatever it is, it's it's literally like seven, eight times more than than House of Dragons. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I enjoyed House of the Dragon more. Um, yeah. yeah, I liked them both. I, I I thought the finale of House of the Dragon was kind of weak. It was kind of I flat. Um, yeah, because don't do any spoilers. I haven't watched yeah. it. Yet. I yeah, think yeah, you should watch yeah. it. It is a bit flat because watch them both. I I liked them both. You know. Yeah. Um, well, like, the only thing is, I downloaded both of them at the same time. But when I started watching Lord of the Rings, I was like, mm, there's no fucking way I'm watching both of these at the same time. <laughs> They're too similar. Like, um, well, check out House of the Dragon now. Um. Yeah, I had yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to hold just, people. I can't stop watching YouTube. Series, but the amount of times I sit down there to watch a film or a TV show, and I just end up going on YouTube. Yeah, it's fucking our attention Hooking spans it. up, isn't it? Not attention span. It's just 
it's never ending story of videos. Well, but what are you watching? What? What? Okay. What? What are? What are JB? What am I watching? Top ten recommendations. Top five recommendations on YouTube. Well, I'm watching one. Uh, just is it just e? Uh, Uber Eats. No, it's just an an Uber uh, delivery uh, cyclist in London. Mm-hmm. He does uh, uh, photo video blogs. Right, and it's just in, I don't know. There's something better you can really. It's it's they don't. It's not so much the narrative. It's the environment. He's a really cool guy. It's just it's good to watch him. You kind of you, you get the impression from him. He's got a kid and a, and a wife, and he's like a young guy. And he's trying to make a bit of money. The the delivery is not his main job, but it's just it's I don't know. There's something really cool about watching someone cycling around a city. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've, I've been in a city so long. What's the name of that? But that's what I'm saying. I can't remember now. It's just just eat London or London eats or something like that. I think it's London eats. Right. Um, and then there's the Har- Harold Balder and Bald and Bankrupt. Do you ever see any of their videos? Yeah. They're just video blogs. They travel around. Bald and Bankrupt. He's an English guy who learned Russian in school or something, and he, he primarily goes to Russia and India as well. Mm-hmm. But um, they're just they're really good travel logs. They're just. I don't know, they're really addictive to watch this time I need them. Um, and Harold Balder is a Norwegian guy. He's also travels around the world. I think it was during the pandemic I got into them because it was interesting to watch how they, they got through the pandemic because it affected their uh, their profession so so much, you know. But uh, on YouTube, but are, are they, oh, video are they games. short? I like watch video games more than I play them. Like how long is a, no, how long some is of them for an hour? An hour of just cycling around yeah. London. Oh no, no, that that one London eats is his his are twenty minutes. Okay, it'll just be he'll just do from when he checks in, starting night, and talks about what he's hoping to accomplish, money wise, and all this kind of thing. And uh, usually has a new electric bike or something. I don't know. It's just they're, they're just they're just it's real kind of ambient TV. You know, mm-hmm. but um, then the, ba- the Harold Balder and uh, the Balder bankrupt. Like Harold Balder has been gone for the whole year. Last January, he did a video series in Tibet, where he was doing a hike, um, over a few days, and it was probably one of his best series. Like it was just really interesting to watch him walking this hike, you know, and the people that he meets, talking to them and stuff like that. But then he disappeared for the whole year. And uh, he only came back on. It's something to do with Ukraine. Uh, he's a Norwegian guy, but I think he had a business in Ukraine. And apparently, he's fallen out. Just sort of some reading and gossip kind of stuff with the with Bald and Bankrupt, the English guy, because Bald and Bankrupt, um, he's not so. He tried to stay in between Ukraine and Russia because he mainly goes to Russia for uh, his videos. So I think he was being a little bit political. He actually got arrested in Russia there a few weeks ago. And the Russian government released the video of him being interrogated. Mm-hmm. Um, he did one of his videos where they, they, they broke into him and his uh, female, a girl that he does videos with. I don't know if they're in a relationship or not. She's, I think she's Lithuanian or Ukrainian. She's in some of his videos. But they went to Russia and they went to find the, 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 the leftover, the, 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 the Russian space shuttle is in a hangar somewhere. And they broke into the area. And it's actually there, and they filmed themselves. If they were caught, it's actually, it's really interesting to watch, because if they were caught, they would have been in a lot of trouble, you know? All right. But I think a few weeks after that, the Russians, they arrested him when he was trying to leave. 
uh, Russia and then the video in the video he's being interviewed and it's kind of a setup video he's talking about how he was pro-Ukrainian at the start because of the politics of YouTube. If if you if you support Russia in any way, they they'll they'll block your videos. And you know, it was pretty transparent that he was being told what to say. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, these, these, these real life narratives, in real life drama. That's what I'm into on YouTube. You can't act this shit. <laughs> but they're just really good videos. Cool. Um, and then like video games, so what's most I play, I watch video games far more than I play them now. Mm. It's just sad. This one I'm really looking forward to God of War. It's the first game since the start of the year that's a big release. It's a big game, and it's, and you know it's gonna be good. Because like for for me, the last big game was Elden Ring. Was good. I did enjoy it. I kind of got stuck on a part and never went back to it. But in Horizon Zero Dawn. They're the last two games that I was genuinely excited for. Hmm. There's been nothing else for the rest of the year. Did you play Tunic, Johns? Tunic, no. It's actually on Game Pass. It's good. Check it out. Yeah. It's good fun. No, it is. It's reviewed well, but it's not, it's, again, it's an isometric game, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, I, I think I've, I've, I've become very um, immersion centric when I could play video games. Something I've always liked about video games, but it's like, you know, Grand Theft Auto 6, that's what I'm dreaming of. That's my the pinnacle. I, I just can't wait for that. But like Red Dead Redemption 2. And Do you still play you GTA know, 5 like, at all? Do you ever pop in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially when the kids are up. The kids aren't going to play it at home anymore, so they can up here they want to play it. Because <laughs> you've, you've you owned that five times or something? I bought it on Xbox 360, I bought it on PlayStation 4, I bought it on PC, and now I've bought the, uh, I paid a tenner upgrade on PlayStation 5, which is well worth it. It looks amazing on PlayStation 5. Good lord. You know, the PlayStation 5 is PC running at 4K, 60 frames, with all, it has, it has extra graphical effects on it, but it's just, it's a toy. They it's got not so a game. much mileage out of that thing though, didn't they? It's the biggest game ever after Minecraft. When? It's massive, yeah. yeah. That's why it's been waiting so long. That's why Grand Theft Auto 6 has been so long. Mm. They don't... They, I'd say internally, I think I think anyone that matters has left Rockstar. Like that, Any, well, not that matters. Anybody that like, knew how to make a GTA game has moved on. The two brothers, the, the two brothers have left. The main producer has left, I think... I think Red Dead Redemption was his last project. So I think coming up Grand Theft Auto 6, I think this is going to be their first release, you know, with with the team without those people. Mm. So it'll be hopefully, fingers crossed. But I'd say there's a lot of internal discussion like, okay, we're going to kill Grand Theft Online, Grand Theft Auto 5 Online, because they're going to have to release a new one, you know? Um just the amount of people that use that and that live in that game that's like metaverse it's for, yeah. for a lot of people I, I was surprised like every time I kind of hear something about it I was surprised that it's because it's just quietly huge you know um, yeah I've I, spent I, I I'd say I've spent about 50 to 60 euros uh, on apartments and stuff and, and that's like that's I wouldn't even say that compares at all to what a normal user pays, spends on it yeah that, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I've read stuff about like people and uh, you know the stuff they kind of purchase in game and 
I just, you know, it, it was just quietly absorbing people. You know, I don't know anybody. I've read more about purchases people make in it than I have heard people talk about playing it. You know, but uh, yeah, so I was surprised that. that but I think huge. you can. I think you can play to to earn to credit the money. If I think that's the, the, the I think that's why it's so successful as well. Is that just kids that will grind? If you, if you really want to, you can grind. Because, mm. um, like, it's the new missions that come out. Like, there's, like, single-player missions and everything, you know? Uh, but to, to enter that, that new, new get, new, ver- um, the new season or whatever that comes out, you have to pay, spend money to buy, you have to buy specific equipment, like a tank, to do this mission. And a tank costs in-game millions or something, you know? So you'd have yep. to grind and get that tank. But there's people that do that. You know, I've been tempted to buy a tank, actually, <laughs> but I didn't. I've already ever bought. I think I, I bought an apartment because when heists came out, to organise the heist, you had to have an apartment with a, a yeah, certain yeah. level. And I remember, I think it was fun. I remember it was me, Joe, Joe, and his mate from work. You know, just chilling in my crib while we were planning out the heist. And I played that a few times. It is good if you play with other people that you know. Because there, there is teamwork involved to do these hoists. You have to do jailbreaks and all these kind of things. And uh, uh, just being able to share with each other. Remember, like, Jude wanted to fly the helicopter. And we were in the prison. And he was supposed to get to the prison by a certain time. And he was just checking in on him all the time. And he'd be like, oh, I'm stuck on a tree. or and it's <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fun. Like, it's definitely a really good game. It's, it's it's as big as it is because it's so unique. Yeah, you know. But it's definitely dated looking now. Like Grand Theft Auto Six. I'm really how far how far away do you think Six is? I'd say two years maybe. No, but I think years. I think tradition. I think tradition is the first vi- two years from the first reveal video. So we haven't even had that yet. We but haven't it is had the leak. Yeah. yeah, like I, I watched as much. The leak looks cool. Like it's a lot of people are complaining about how basic it looks, but it's a, it's a, it's an in development game. Yeah. yeah. It, it, but even with that, it looks crisper. It looks more real. I remember last year they 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 uh, they patented some new technology for NPCs to follow to pathfind. So I have a feeling things like cops chasing you and, and stuff like this and actual, it's going to be, it's more AI driven now right. as, as opposed to pre-scripted. So I think that, that's what I love about Grand Theft Auto. Every one that comes along, it just steps up the technology so much the cops are to, taking to the shortcuts. previous one. Yeah, well, whatever it is, but like, um, it's supposed to be a really good technology. They're, they're using like AI now properly. Did you get back into Cyberpunk at all? Because that, that's, we're two years post that fuck up. I know, and, and I, I was reading the other day, that, that now's the time. Um, It's fully, I don't know, I, I always said that I wanted to get it f- fully patched when I was fully working, but I don't think I like the game. I don't like the controls in it, it's not a shooter. It's real janky. Right. Did, you played it to the end, didn't you, Scuff? No, no, I, I, I had to stop playing it, it crashed so often. I said I'd Oh, well, playing, well you should... Yeah. Put it up no, on I, PlayStation I, Five. Yeah, I kind of plan to. Um, it's like from that point of view, it's perfect now. It's 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 solid. 
you know? Mm. And it does look good. I don't know, I just, I, I haven't really been playing games for the last year or so. Mm. I, I just, my backlog is so bad. Mm. Like, every time I'd sit down to play Cyberpunk, I'll just see an ad for a new game on Game Pass. Like, say, uh, uh, The Immortals Phoenix Rising came up on the Game, game Pass. It's like, have you ever seen that scuff? Yeah, it's yeah the Immortals. Breath of the Wild, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's an unashamed Breath yeah. of the Wild ripoff. But it's good. I, I played it to the end. Like, um, I don't know. It was very, you have to pick it up. It's a really good world. It was kind of like a in between Assassin's Creed and, and, and Breath of the Wild. The Earth Soil. On a global stage, it looks uh, global. It looks great, but there was some some of the animations very janky, and it. it was very low budget again, from what I can see. But it's just really good. That's the only game I've really played to completion in the last year. Cool. I think I spent something like sixty hours playing it. Where did you get stuck in Elden Ring? Uh it was uh, you know that guy on the horse in the desert. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's tough. Um, He's tough. Yeah. And it really pissed me off. Not to, well. What annoyed me about it was I'd already tried it about fifty times before I realised I could raise uh, other people to help me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> if the game just tells you none. You know what I mean? Yeah. When, I, like, when eventually, I when I see their, their I, ghosts, I see their ghosts. I go, "Oh, they're enemies. I'll oh, avoid them. I'll get around them and then get creamed." And I did that about fifty times until I think I saw it in a video or something. Oh no, you go over and you activate them, and they'll help you. <laughs> When I eventually beat him, I did it in about three, four minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. When yeah, you do beat yeah. him, when it clicks, it clicks. It's the same. Yeah. But the thing is, though, I'd run into a... Uh, I'd pretty much run into a, a locked door. You know what I mean? I, was, I couldn't... You know the city? I couldn't pr- get past that city. And I knew there was... I can't remember now. It was a few months since I played it, but there was definitely an area I wanted to get to to get stuff. You know, there, there, I, you, you, there is there is kind of ways around. Like you, you can progress without defeating him. You know, you can check out all this stuff. It does feel like maybe, you're locked off, but you're yeah. Not. There, there is stuff. But I walked around that city like for hours, just hours and hours, and it was, it was really. But it's like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's just if I go back to it now, there's going to be about two hours of climatizing. Just yeah, yeah, and it's like. And then it's going to be, I know what I'm going to have to do is tough. Whereas it's like, oh, look, Immortals Phoenix Rising is on Game Pass. Let's play that. <laughs> yeah. It's like the opposite to Elden Ring. And I also waited, I kept waiting until the performance of it gets better. Although the performance with VR is brilliant. But no, God of War is my... Uh, That's your and then North Star for the week. PlayStation VR, PlayStation VR 2. I'm really looking forward to spending 600 euros on that so I can put it in a press and take it out when the kids come up or something and it's going to be amazing I think it's going to be a better press ornament than even the HTC 5 was hmm. that's how, how good it, uh, I, I call them cupboard ornaments yeah I, I've got it on a chest of drawers here looks lovely <laughs> it's like I know I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it I, I think this could be PlayStation VR 2 could be a watershed for VR on the console the whole thing of it just being a USB-C cable that you plug into the front of the PlayStation, no setup required. It, it's it's inside-out cameras. You don't have to have light houses or anything. Um, and it's got like the power. Um, like I've only ever had VR using my old GTX 1080. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is still a pretty good card, but having a, like having a dedicated console VR that's the games are specifically designed for that architecture, and it is more powerful than my old PC. I'm looking forward like Horizon Zero, whatever it is it's called, the mountain looks amazing. Yeah, you know, everybody's been hands on with it so far. Has been really impressive. Odds, yeah, the price is totally like price is right because it's really i kind of expected tech. the price yeah yeah mm-hmm. you've essentially got a you know a fancy high-end, high-end, high-end tv yeah. that fits on your head you know yeah uh, and that's just that's not oh, it's all technology in it yeah. yeah foveated yeah. rendering and eye tracking and, and it's, it's kind of about what i expected it to, to cost to be honest i was i wasn't yeah. really surprised but um I don't know, because with the Vive, when I got the Vive, I think that's probably the single worst case of boilers or morse I've ever had. Really? Because when I first got it home, I think I spent 1200 on on the setup. And when I got it back and I put the headset on, I realized I'd never actually worn one before and seen how low res the fucking thing is. <laughs> and that really bothered me when I first did the... the, you know, the, the 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 blinds the screen door effect screen door effect and the god rays as well and but it wasn't even that it was there wasn't really any games to play on it either it was just just like a fucking demos mismatch but the technology was a lot further behind than my imagination had seen <laughs> that it was gonna be and then like the weight of the headset and this like, I bought it in May or June and the summer came and I couldn't wear it for more than 10 minutes where it's that steaming up and everything mm-hmm. and it was just like it just seriously just became when someone came over hey here he's like he's a rover he's witness that put the VR yeah. on but I'd never use it I, when we went to Manchester I bought it I rented an apartment specifically with enough floor space in the living room that I could do VR room scale VR Never did it. I think I did it for a couple of afternoons, but it was just so like um, so much effort in setting it up all the time. Yeah. And so I think with PSVR two, I think the fact that I could just have the headset there and at any point just figure and throw it on and have an experience and then take it off and put it in. I think that's that's one of the big barriers for me was that the awkwardness of the setup and all that. You know. Yeah. And plus the fact it's like four times the resolution of the Vive. Like the apparently the screen door effects gone, God rays and things like that. All these things are being adjusted, and again the foveated rendering. I think that's going to be a really really big thing. It's like foveated rendering is where it tracks your eyes and it sees where you're looking and it renders that at full resolution. But the periphery is rendered at lower resolution yeah. to increase uh, performance. And uh, any any reviews I've seen so far, they said they, even when they're looking for it, they can't find it. That's good. You know? Just think of the speed that the processing has to be that your 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 pupils looking somewhere and that, that spot is being rendered full. Because like, uh, that's that's the kind of stuff they use in Forbidden West and like lots of modern games like that. That's how they are able to display things that yeah you know that detail that resolution because it's only whatever cone of vision is getting rendered to to detail. Yeah. So the fact it's, that it's, it's tracking more, your eyes. To, to yeah. do that is, is that's like you can't see crazy. you can't look to the edge because uh, you notice on a, on a 2d tv if you look to the edges of the screen you, you do notice that it's blurry but yep. with this eye tracking you, you, every, every, everywhere you try to look it's just going to render it full scale that's pretty cool and um and it's got the i'm just hoping 
uh, Half-Life Alex gets released pretty soon. That'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be perfect for the PlayStation viewer too. If that's out February, then they must be planning a couple of announcements then around kind of Christmas. Yeah. Just to kind of, I'd be, you know, I'd imagine at the Game Awards or something, we'll see. see yeah, I'd say the Game Awards will be the blowout for it. Yeah. When are the, well, when yeah, are the Game I, Awards? I, December. It's usually around Before December. Christmas. Yeah. Around Christmas time. Brian, did you get to see Banshees of Inish Aaron? Uh, no, I uh, plan to see it maybe next weekend. Cool, cool. Uh, it's good. You should check it out. Okay.